Well, as we come to this first Sunday in the season of Lent, we always turn to one of the gospel stories that tell us of Jesus in the wilderness. And we look at the storm of temptation that Jesus faced at the very beginning of his ministry. And from that, hopefully, we learn how we might face that storm in our own life when it comes our way. Our text for today is from the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, the first 12 verses. Would you stand with me as we hear these words together? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. As I was uh, researching and reading over the last few weeks to prepare for this uh, worship service centered around the storm of temptation in Jesus' life, I was uh, somewhat surprised uh, to find out how many people had written humorous things about temptation. And you know my sense of humor, I enjoyed reading those, and some of them really uh, stuck in my mind. One, Oscar Wilde wrote, I can resist anything but temptation. (laughs) Mae West, the actress, said, I generally avoid temptation unless I can't resist it. (laughs) You've heard of the Peter Principle, Lawrence Peter, the educator and author who came up with that years ago, wrote, the problem with temptation is that you might not get another chance. Others have said, opportunity may knock only once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. That's true, isn't it? Always run from temptation, but run slowly so they can catch up. A couple of people even gone so far as to rework uh, part of the Lord's Prayer. Lead me not into temptation. Oh, who am I kidding? If 
follow me, I know a shortcut. <laughs> Lead us not into temptation. Just tell us where it is, we'll find it. But we know from our own life experience, don't we, that when the storm of temptation blows into our life, it's not a laughing matter, is it? Because it's in that storm of temptation that we face choices and decisions that can greatly affect our lives. It's in the storm of temptation that we face choices and decisions that can greatly change the lives of those closest to us. Sometimes in the storm of temptation we face choices that will determine the trajectory of the rest of our life. If we've ever had a moment where we feel we have failed in the storm of temptation, when we've been disappointed in ourselves and hurt other people, we know it's not a laughing matter. And if we've been hurt by someone who failed in the storm of temptation and have felt hurt or betrayed or disappointed, we know that that too is no laughing matter. First century uh, I mean, 15th century mystic Thomas Akempis wrote, We usually know what we can do, but temptation shows us who we are. We usually know what we can do, but temptation shows us who we are. I grew up in a, in a church and in a tradition where I thought of temptation pr uh, pretty much as being... Uh, wanting to break a list of thou shalt nots. Especially when I was in a situation where I had the opportunity to shout it up a bit, right? And there's nothing wrong with the thou shalt nots. They're a gift from God because they guide us and keep us on the road, on the path. But temptation is more than any one behavior or any one action. At the heart of temptation is the nudge in our life to choose another way other than God's way. At the heart of temptation is a pull for us to be unfaithful to God's call in our life. The temptation underneath every other temptation is to be less than we can be and to be less than we should be. In ways both big and small, we choose something other than God's way. I think it's important as we begin uh, our journey through the season of Lent where we talk a lot about reflection and prayer and sin and repentance that we be reminded that temptation is not sin. Temptation is just that. It's temptation. It's life. It's what comes into our life. I grew up in a church that often sang a congregational hymn with the title, Yield Not to Temptation. Anybody know that old hymn? 
Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. And every year at Lent, every time I read a story from the Gospels of Jesus being in the wilderness, tempted of the devil, that song comes into my head. And it reminds me, temptation is not a sin. What we do in the storm of temptation, the choices we make, can be sin. And that's why the storm of temptation is no laughing matter. So on this first Sunday in the season of Lent, we look into this glimpse of Jesus' life when he faces his storm of temptation. Luke has already told us some important things. Jesus has been baptized. He's full of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit leads him out into the wilderness. And for 40 days in the wilderness, he is tempted of the devil. And for those 40 days, he does not eat a thing. And when those 40 days are over, Luke tells us, Jesus is famished. I'm famished between meals. 40 days. Luke is telling this story in such a way so that we understand that the man, Jesus, is in a weakened state. He is tired and weary and famished. And so the tempter who's been working on him for 40 days and has had no luck comes in to give it his best shot. Surely Jesus will yield to temptation now. How could he not? So the tempter comes in with the first temptation. Turn this stone into a loaf of bread. Doesn't sound that bad. Who would blame him? But Jesus understood that the temptation was not about a loaf of bread. That the temptation would be to use his own spiritual powers to serve himself instead of serving God by serving others. We know that because he he responds with a verse from Deuteronomy that reminds us of the story of the wandering Hebrew children in the wilderness for 40 years, not 40 days, and how God provided bread through manna. Jesus knew it was about trusting God to provide. And so he responds with those powerful words, we don't live by bread alone. If Jesus had made a different choice about turning a stone into a loaf of bread, the story would be totally different going forward. Because this would mean that before Jesus ever preached his first sermon, taught his first lesson, performed his first miracle, he would have already chosen another way rather than God's way. It mattered. Well, the second temptation comes along, and it's the temptation to gain power. And all he has to do is compromise who he really is. 
The tempter takes him up in an instant and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, all the power and the commerce and the money. And he says, all this is mine and I can give it to anyone I choose. If you'll bow down and worship me, it's all yours. Jesus remembers Scripture again and is reminded that you worship only God. You see, if Jesus had yielded to this temptation and received power and authority, he would have received it by someone's hand other than God's. And Jesus would have been just one more person who would do anything to anybody to grab power and authority and control. The devil gives it one more shot. And he takes Jesus to the highest point of the temple. And the devil's figured out, this guy knows the scripture pretty well. So he decides to quote some to Jesus. Hey, Psalm 91 says, the angels will catch you. God won't let anything happen to you. Why don't you jump off of the temple? Jesus knew what we always need to remember, and that is just because somebody quotes the Bible doesn't mean they're necessarily working for God. The devil misuses Scripture to work against what God is doing. Jesus rightly handles it and says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus knew it mattered who he trusted and who he depended on. Alan Culpepper, the great New Testament scholar, said, the irony of this temptation is that Jesus would have been asking God to save his life in Jerusalem when it's by giving his life in Jerusalem he fulfills God's call in his life to be our Savior. Jesus stands strong. Now we quit reading at verse 12, but that's not the end of the story. There's one more verse in that story, and it says this. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The storm of temptation is going to blow into Jesus' life again just like it will in your life and in my life. We should not be surprised, and we should not be caught off guard. We should always find Jesus in the storm of temptation and learn from Him how to stay faithful and true. We find strength for the storm of temptation by knowing the scriptures and letting them lead us to the God of Jesus. We know and find strength in the storm of temptation by staying true to who we really are. We find strength in the storm of temptation by never wavering from God's call in our life. And we gain strength for the storm of temptation when we come to this table where we encounter in a special way Jesus 
who the scriptures tell us in the book of Hebrews, was tempted in every way as we are, and yet was without sin. We can find Jesus in the storm and be true. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.